So I've got my injury card, um, my injury uh, uh, bingo card filled in with uh, Joel Farabee and Bobby Brink. Yeah. Um, who's who's next? Who's in our injury <laughs> Deadpool? We're having a Deadpool. Already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. Here go. <laughs> I mean, Allison probably at some point goes down. Yeah. Whether he makes a team or not, I guess we'll TBD on that one. Um, oh, let me pull up the roster here. Let me see. Who's most likely to be hurt first? <laughs> They're going to throw Tanner Lazinski in the rookie game. And he's like 25, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to throw him in, in the rookie game, and You're some right. Rangers fucking goon right. is going to do something. Yeah, <laughs> get noticed, be, right. Yeah, oops. He's going to be gone for fucking God knows how long. I really hope not. I'm actually kind of interested to see what Tanner Lazinski is going to do this year. Yeah, but but I mean, we shouldn't be looking forward to that <laughs> bottom six guys. Right. Maybe seeing... our four C can be a good three C. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it's such that's... a pathetic level like to be yeah. at that. Yeah. It's just so fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like, yes, I I am absolutely interested in in seeing what Allison, you know, uh, Allison, Kate, Lazinski and, and Kate's. Yeah, and sure. But sure. Bottom six guys. <laughs> yeah, like like if that's it. If that's what you have, you fucking suck. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Couturier, if he's not 100%. He's getting it's old. It's possible. These things are going to start it's racking up possible. sooner or later. Hayes, maybe. He is going to be interesting to watch. It, not 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 in terms of from an enjoyment perspective. See what he's but got I left would, in the tank. Yeah. yeah, to see how he responds. Because yeah. mm-hmm. like you're getting paid now. You're not getting your, you know, four point three three million dollar contract, mm-hmm. and you got you got term. Eight and if he starts showing sure. signs of he's not really, if he looks bad sooner than later. They're uh, they're in trouble. It's unbelievable. Like what's yeah. what's the over under on like a successful points wise for Sean Couturier this year without Giroux? Like fifty, maybe sixty if you're lucky. I. I would agree with that, Dan. I mean, it, it what it should be. I mean, with be Giroux, he was what seventy five. Was this hot? 75, 76, 76, that was couple I think years? Was he had a was he had a couple in the seventies. Yeah, but like two back to backs in the seventies. Right I mean, now, he is he's everyone's darling. Well, not everyone, but certain individuals' darling. One people C. love Sean. Carrier, I mean, and I if he's not scoring eighty but... to eighty points or more, like he should be a point per game player. Maybe he's not. Yeah. He's not a one C. I mean, I mean, just not. People he's love not preventing. Sean. They're still going to bat for that guy, and I'm like, all right, but sooner or later, this shit's gonna hit the fan. And maybe he's got a year or two left in it. But I mean, the injuries are racking up. The age is racking up. There are a few people in the league that have played harder minutes than him over the last ten years. Like when mm-hmm. that decline starts happening, even if it's not immediately, it's gonna be ugly. It's mm-hmm. gonna be ugly real quick. And then he's got well, an eight by eight contract to deal with on top of that. He's had two shitty seasons in a row now. Yeah. Uh, last season, obviously, he was completely ineffective. <laughs> and the back surgery. And the season before that, he was also bad. So certainly not 1C level two years ago. Uh, I would put the over-under at, I don't know, 60? You think that's kind of where the uh, betting would start? either side of 60. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I would. Oh, that's a tough one, yeah. I mean, there's going to be stretches, I can guarantee you where you're going to take a 10 game snapshot and Sean Kateri is going to have like three points, you know, like yep. one He's goal with and JVR two assists and connect me theoretically to open the season. That's not exactly the, uh, Legion of doom there, <laughs> but he prevents so many goals, yeah. you know, <laughs> awesome. He's going to get I... burned in the D zone too. Sooner or later. He's not going to be fast enough to keep up. I have a hard time justifying a guy that making over seven million dollars, not not even hitting seventy points. Yeah, agreed totally. Yeah, like it's like sixty. Sickening. 
Like that's not a first line no. player. Mm-hmm. Sixty points is not a first line player. I agree, Mike. It's a point per game is is what you want. Even if you go slightly under eighty points, mm-hmm. eighty points is a first line guy. Mm-hmm. You know, at, if you're hitting, you know, sixty five. Oof, it's that's where brutal. that's and and right, and then that's where other teams are going to look at that and go, "Wow, you guys are locked in for another seven years, eight, <laughs> whatever." Eight? Yeah, it's it is eight, right? Eight. It's eight I, years. Eight eight? Or the NMC yeah. is for seven. Though, oh, so well, in that fucking yeah. case, but yeah, I don't think we're trading Sean Couturier at age 37, you know, it's mm, last year of his deal now for 7.7 7 million dollars. No nah. way, yeah, They'll be, that's a buyout, probably. Yeah. yeah, there, well, there's no doubt that, but towards the end mm-hmm. of that, he's gonna be like the highest paid 3C in the league, maybe a 4C at that point. Although, you never know with the cap going up, there's gonna be guys getting stupid money too, so who knows? Fucking, mm-hmm. We're still years away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's brutal. People, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how people like the guy this much to begin with. And the thing I've always right thought about because I I hear this argument a lot with Giroud. Well, he never won anything. He didn't win a heart. He didn't win a cup. He didn't win all this. Giroud or uh, Couturier has a selkie, right? And I think that's where a lot of people in their minds go, "Okay, this guy must be good because he won a selkie." And I'm like, he won a selkie rather undeservedly two years ago when his absolute mm-hmm. peak was five years ago. Now, seventeen eighteen was his best season, and after that, mm-hmm. he's kind of gotten worse and worse and worse so yeah he does have a selkie yeah he's an above average defenseman but he's also 30 years old coming off of a back surgery with multiple knee injuries not particularly fast or effective to begin with like i'm telling you man you can like this guy now but at the end of the day like i'm not wrong on sean couturier it's gonna get ugly it's just a matter of how long he's got left in him Mm -hmm. even when they sign him they're like well maybe he'll see half of his contract there where he turns to shit i'm like i'll be lucky if you get through two years before you can see noticeable declines Mm -hmm. in his game what's what's gonna happen is he's not gonna be very good and i was always injured again (laughs) it's like oh we had another injury yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, I'll let him sit out for a month and you know and then come back. It's going to be that... 45, 50 games a season. And... Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's just ridiculous. God. Absolutely ridiculous. Why it's, did they it's... even fucking resign this guy? It. I have nightmares over this contract. I've having nightmares for a year now over this yep. damn contract. Yeah, it's, it's been just, a year um... since they resigned him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> this is another reason why it's so freak ridiculous. You look at other teams that have one C's and their star players, which I don't think one, I don't think Couturier is, but they don't rush out to sign them. No. Like look what the avalanche are doing. I mean, they are a model team. They are the most fun team to watch in the league. And last year they let Landis Gog, you know, go through his final year and they signed him. Eventually they're letting Nathan McKinnon get to his final year. You know, sometimes you need to figure out where your team is and how the player is doing and then sign them at the appropriate time. The flyers are obsessed with rushing out and getting these guys in advance to save some money. But that money savings isn't translating to anything. You're saving money, but you're not. I mean, you got Sean Couturier at 7.7 instead of 9. Whoop the fucking do, but you still committed to this guy for a long enough term, or that $7.7 million is going to bite you in the taint for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine what a selkie winning forward on a $4.3 million contract would have done at the trade deadline like two years ago? Like you mm-hmm. could have gotten a fucking king's ransom for this guy. Mm-hmm. Now he's coming off all these mm-hmm. fucking injuries with this massive contract that you're never going to be able to move. Even in his last year, you're never going to be able to move it. You, you got to ride it out with Couturier because you signed him a year early. I had somebody on Twitter one time that was like, well, what were they supposed to do? You fucking trade the guy, yeah. you asshole. Even just let his contract inspire, let him walk. I don't give a shit. You don't sign a 30-year-old fucking broken down piece of shit to an 8x8 contract. You don't. God damn it. What is it with Chuck Fletcher and wanting to sign everybody? To fu- this is again with the Sanheim thing coming up. You're going to do the same thing with Sanheim that you've done with everybody else. Here's a fucking stupid contract for a long term that you'll never be able to move. You're stuck with it till the fucking end of time and it's going to hamstring this team forever. This entire roster is signed forever. We made it through mm-hmm. this whole offseason with no major contracts coming to the books. Con, no, next season, no major contracts. JVR and Santa, that's it. That is the only money coming off the books next season. Because everybody is signed for fucking ever. 
You would think this team won nine cups in a row with this fucking roster, but given how long everyone's locked up on a contract. But no, they won 25 games for the last two years. For oh for the for, for the for the slower uh, segment of our of our listenership, meaning meaning people that perhaps uh, are are working in the Flyers front office, like the general <laughs> man, an advisor to the GM or whatnot, if they're listening. Um, if you're gonna trade Travis Sanheim, you do it now. He's getting what four million, four point yeah. six or something like that. Four and yeah. change. Okay, four and change, and he's in the last year. And cap hit will be negligible. A team that's you know trying to get the cup or, or get some real shore up of their defense, they'll go out and they'll be able to trade and get him. Next year, if you resign him, let's even go on the lower end and let's say it's six, because it that's the minimum that he's going to six sign by for. six is minimum. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know how much harder it's going to be to trade that contract? It's going to be impossible in this current flat cap era right impossible so even like this is what i mean it doesn't make any sense to roll the dice and hope that something's going to happen this team's magically going to turn around again it's about and it's nothing against travis sanheim it's called you just have to do what you have to do it's which not, is it's not Sanheim. It's just that he's the most recent example of something that's going to go like this. They did it with Lawton. They did it with Ristolainen. They did it with Couturier. You know, and, and I mentioned this on the Anthony show a few weeks back. Like, we often talk about the Hextall era and what could have been if he tore down properly. If you traded Giroux and Couturier and Voracek and Simmons and Shen in 2014-2015 when he first showed up, the fucking assets you could have hauled in for that shit. But now you look at Fletcher and it's like, what happens if you traded Lawton at the deadline in 2020? What happens if you parted ways with Ristolainen last year? What happens if you sold off Sean Couturier after he won his Selkie? Yeah. You could have had a brand new foundation of picks and prospects to build off of. And now Sanheim is this next recent example, again, in the 2023 draft, which they value so fucking heavy that you just kept JVR for another summer. You can have an extra pick in that draft. And you no, we gotta resell. We got we just gotta resign Sanheim six by six, just to fucking further fuck this team than they already are. I just I there's not a single good reason I can think of to keep Sanheim, especially when you have York and Zamula breathing down his neck. You know, it's not With like this guy does anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, and everyone imagine. else is untradeable. <laughs> they yeah. don't have a single player Nobody. aside from possibly a Joel Farabee, and even that, which we're not gonna do. But no one's tradable because they stink. And the rest of the league knows it. Mediocre dudes locked up on gigantic contracts. The Philadelphia Flyers story. <laughs> if if you could yeah. renegotiate Sean Couturier's contract. So let's say Chuck didn't jump the gun and re-sign him a year earlier. Great question. How much would he command right now? Five million. Maybe six. Like Like heading to free agency. Heading to whatever, July, whatever it was, or whatever it was this year. Heading into free agency, coming off back surgery, 30 years old. It would be substantially toned down. It wouldn't be 7.7, that's for goddamn sure. It would be like a three years at like five or something. 6.5 even at the Uh high end. Yep. Yeah, because you'd figure, so if you're Coots... And you're in his camp. He's what he's he's going to be thirty next season. I'm so. sure he gladly signed that contract when it was offered to him. Oh my 7. god! Seven point yeah, seven million dollars. Where the fuck do I sign? Don't take that paperback. He knew. He <laughs> knew because. And what's also fucked up is that. And this is also why Fletcher's a fucking idiot with negotiating. Is like, if you have a player as that gung ho to sign so early. Like, hey, maybe like they know like maybe we should hold this because it's like they're just special. Well, like fucking Kateri, it's like, oh, man, like I know my body's breaking down and all this stuff. And like if I can just get some long term deal here, that'll really be great. And it's like, well, the Flyers just like they took the bait, essentially <laughs> gave you sixty two million dollars mm-hmm. to retire on. Yeah. So so let me put it to you another yeah. way. So Nazem Kadri waited a long time. And he ended up signing with Calgary for what seven million a season? Something like that. Seven by seven. Or seven seven by seven, I think. Yeah. So he's Six getting seven. Couturier is getting seven seven five. Yeah. <laughs> like they would have been in competition with each other. You're right. You're right. They like would Cal- have. Like this, if you were Calgary, 
do you think Calgary would be in a position where they would choose Couturier or Kadri? I still think they go Kadri. I still think so too. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think he checks more of the boxes of what they needed. They don't need the defensive stalwart. They've got, no. uh, was it Lindholm? Yep. Yeah, they, yeah. they don't need who is that. a far superior center to Couturier in my book. I think he's certainly much better. Days, yeah. yeah. Right. So like that's what I mean. jumping the gun and re-signing that guy was. Oh my god, it was in it's hindsight. Sickening. Certainly, it is a terrible move. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. could have gone into this off season in a totally different mindset. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, know, I mean, okay, they could. And if he walks away, guess what? You've got your money to sign Johnny. Yeah, and they could have overpaid for him this off season, and it would have been what, like a, you know, a substantially less deal than what they paid two years ago or last off season. That is. Yeah. So they just, it's like sometimes you gamble, sometimes you don't. But I don't necessarily know if you gamble on a thirty-year-old that's been on the team for ten years. It doesn't really do anything. Not that with is, the baggage that he had. Yeah. yeah. There was right. and and you know the Gaudreau thing because everyone talks about it like he was what nine point seven for seven years. He's gonna look better on that contract long term than Katuri is gonna look on his. If I had to pick one and commit to for the entirety of it, it's Johnny Gaudreau and it's Johnny Gaudreau by a wide fucking margin. no question. You know he'll, no I'm question. sure he'll slow down eventually. I don't think he'll live up to nine point seven million dollars in twenty thirty one or whatever the fuck the number would be on that. But like. He's going to live up through more of it than Couturier is on his. And it's just it's just what's going to happen. And, and I don't know. I, I just I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they're going to do it again with Sanheim. Uh, the 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 willingness to keep this mediocre team together forever is 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 is, mm-hmm. is, this is insane. Chuck Fletcher is that kid in the schoolyard where you go, hey, Chuck. I'll give you a quarter if you eat that fucking grasshopper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he does it. And and like, I'm so smart because I made 25 cents. And it's like, yeah, but everybody's laughing at you because you fucking ate a fucking grasshopper. <laughs> you moron. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think Chuck is one of those guys that probably bought into a bunch of timeshares and whatnot. It's getting screwed <laughs> over. <laughs> You know, oh yeah, it's a great deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> like now he's hiring attorneys to try to get him out of all his timeshares. In the fucking Oki Finoki swamp. Yeah. The Everglades. Or something. Yeah. It's a prime Florida real estate. You know how many yeah. acres it is? Yeah, it's in the middle yeah. of the swamp. There, all that yeah, he's a he's he's taking that oceanfront property in Arizona too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Death Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be great to see him go, and uh, you know, it'll we be a good day. Yeah, it'll be a good day. We gave him. I feel like we were one of the groups that gave him one of the longest. I leashes. held on hope until this offseason. Yeah, you held on longer, Manny and I did, and uh, I. You guys you tried for, to tell but, me yeah. for months this yeah. is going to suck, and I'm like, well, let's see what happens. Then he came over and just boom, stabbed me right in the fucking back. <laughs> we tried, we tried. I mean, it was just you like, tried. Just, I should have listened to you guys. I... This trade deadline and offseason were inexcusable yeah it was it was bullshit it was it was it was the final nail in the coffin like i, I think he had the opportunity to save himself and he didn't do it mm-hmm. and now he, yeah. he deserves everything he fucking gets and hopefully you know there's the, there's the part of me that wants the flyers to come out and suck just so he gets out of here quicker i think the the sooner they suck the sooner shit mm-hmm. goes sideways the faster he's out of here so yeah. You want to suck through Thanksgiving and then they fire Fletcher and then we can all, you know, win a few games towards the end of the season and feel better about ourselves. But yeah, it's uh, time for this guy to go. I've had enough. I think a lot of people have had enough. It's time for a new direction. And I feel sorry for the son of a bitch who's going to take his spot because he left him in such a shitty spot with the contracts. And I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Breer or somebody else, but more power to that guy because it's not going to be an easy job to mm-hmm. put the Philadelphia Flyers back on track at this point. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, there's still the ten dollar handies behind the Wells, Far- Wells Fargo Center <laughs> yeah. that Dan was mentioning earlier. <laughs> Although, are you sure for ten dollars, I think you can get more than just a handy. Oh, it's Center City Philly. You can do ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, go to parking lot H. That's <laughs> <in> handy. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, the new GM is not. It, it's just. I mean, the cycle with this team is just infuriating uh, because the new GM has to come in and just kind of wait stuff out. And That's if all the you new can G- do is sit here and wait for the cap to go up and have a little bit of freedom to start doing some things and hope to fucking hell Santa and, and Connecty pull their hat out of their asses and you get a little bit of trade value. But what else can you do at this point? What else can you do besides taking gigantic losses in trades, giving up picks to move Connecty mm-hmm. and JVR and all this shit? Like, I don't know what else you can do besides sit here and wait for these contracts to get a little lower, wait for the salary to cap to go, which probably won't, what are they, 25, 26 is still the projected number for that? Like, it's a long yeah, time away before you see this kind of thing, and I don't know how you get out of this one. I, I don't I don't see an easy solution here, especially when it does seem like it's getting harder to move cap in the league, and that is the one at least semi-excuse I'll give Fletcher for that, is that nobody else moved money either. There were very few players that did ultimately move when it comes to teams moving caps so it you know it, it's not an excuse but you know i i don't see how you're going to do it in the future things are only going to get worse when it comes to that regard for the next few years so i don't know I, I don't know who the fuck takes over but i don't even know how you go about fixing something like this you need to just lose all the assets you can clear a whole bunch of money and bring in Pasternak or something somebody just to at least buy yourself a little bit of good grace from the fans and it is impressive how little they do have from the fans how little they go out of their way like you can build up all these experiences but like this fucking fan base hates these people and rightfully so for the most part but like it, it's it's the one thing through this whole offseason business and Gaudreau and all this stuff like whatever it was you didn't do a single positive thing for the fans you didn't give them anything you know, it's just, it's crazy to me that you let Gaudreau go. It's crazy to me that you brought in somebody like D'Angelo and you bought out Lindblom. Like, you just told your entire fan base to fuck off. Just time and time again through this one. And I, I can't believe they did that. And I don't know. It, it, it's it's not going to be good. The on-ice product probably isn't going to be very good. And I don't know. I, I just don't understand how you're not on your knees begging people to come to the Wells Fargo Center at this point and trying to do something nice for them. And I don't know. D- discount tickets are fine. We just ranted about that one. But fucking hell, man. Do, do, do something to this fan. You got to, you know, take some L's, admit your losses. You can't sit here, well, we're high and mighty and fuck the fans. Like, All right, fine. Your dumb asses are going to be out of business sooner or later. You know, they got, they got to do something, man. And Maybe they'll turn around and have some actual solid theme nights this year and be nice to the people, but, you know, we know how that goes around the city. They don't have good theme nights, at least for the Flyers. <laughs> it's going to be a very, very challenging season. It's going to be tough to watch this at times. I mean, it'll be mildly interesting to see how the team responds to John Tortorella. Um, I guess, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing JVR get reamed out. No, uh <laughs> No pun intended, uh, but I I do think that and 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 we've joked about this. I do think that JVR is going to get his ass kicked by Torts at some point. JVR him. is instinctively a lazy player. I mean, he might be able to put on you know something for a couple of weeks here or there to kind of hold his roster spot. But He'll he rack up it, six goals in three games and then mm-hmm. go on a month long binge of putting up no points whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He instinctively is just lazy with how he plays. So that instinct can't be coached out of you at age 32 or 33, whatever he is now. Um, So that's going to be something to pay attention to. I think I actually think there's a decent chance that he does bench him. um, I would hope so. Or relegate him. As I talked about on Flyers AD, I'm not giving him the better for the doubt. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to for sure bench JVR. That'll be the test. That'll be the test for the season, whether they have the balls to bench the veterans that aren't producing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. JVR will be priority number one when it comes to that kind of thing. But, you know, that'll be a very interesting point of this season is do they give JVR Mm -hmm. consistent ice time? Because we've heard it, you know, through AV and and Mike Yao both about accountability. And and I guess AV was – at least early on, was pretty decent when it came to that. You know, he did bench JVR during the 2020 playoffs and, you know, bench connecting every once in a while through the time. But, like, you know, <laughs> the responsibility was never really there. Like, I do think this is one category where Tortorella is going to have the upper hand. But maybe it's just because I've been so goddamn poisoned over the last few years that I don't trust anything anybody's <laughs> going to do. Um, he's going to do it right. But, yeah, it'll be very <laughs> interesting to see what happens when this one. Like, if Owen Tippett breaks out, is he going to be given priority over somebody like Travis Konechny? You know, are they if mm-hmm. if if 
Allison and Tippett excel at three and four right wing. Do they rise up and take over for Konechny and Atkinson? If Lazinski's playing better than Frost, do they make that jump? If Lazinski can play 2C, if York can usurp Travis Sanheim, do they give him that jump? You know, that that's my most interesting point, I think, that I'm going to be watching mm-hmm. for this season is if the young talent deserves it, are they going to get properly elevated in the system? And if the vets are complete shit, do they get demoted in this system? Theoretically, this should be something that Tortorella excels at, but, you know, again, I, I definitely I want to see it before my own eyes before I give them any kind of benefit right. of the doubt for that. See, and I would agree. I, I think that with torts, everything that – all the baggage and all of the you know rumors and, and his reputation is if you work hard, he'll reward you. Yeah. If you don't work hard, you're sitting down. And I think that the thing with torts is just by looking at his time in Columbus, you look at the times that he benched Line. Because Lion A wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. So it had no impact on Torts whatsoever that it's Patrick Lion A, a second overall pick, a guy making, you know, one of the highest salaries on the team, didn't matter. You look at the Pierre Luc Dubois situation when he just quit on a play mm-hmm. and it was embarrassing. And Torts sat him down. And that, listen, he was done. And it forced Columbus to trade mm-hmm. him immediately. But I think that if you see Flyers I'll, do that all the time, too, I'll make a bold prediction right now. I think that this season, what I'm going to be looking for is I think James Van Riemsdyk might be the reason that gets Chuck Fletcher fired, because I think that John Tortorella is a guarantee that he is going to want to sit James Van Riemsdyk at multiple points this season i would agree yep. and i think that chuck fletcher with his butt on the hot seat might be sitting there going eh, torts come on you got to play this guy because trade deadline we're gonna try to trade him we're gonna get something for him i don't even I think that chuck is that sophisticated i wish he was but he's not <laughs> i can see a budding of heads i could see james it. van reams I, I, I agree with me and torts and yeah. torts is gonna say he doesn't deserve it Sorry, I want Wade Allison is working his ass off. He mm. needs to play. Yep, Owen Tippett is working his ass off. He needs to play. And I can see a little bit of friction there. And then if push comes to shove, I mean, at some point, Dave Scott even has to sit there and say, who do you side with in this situation? The brand new coach that you just gave a brand new four-year contract to that you had a, a a firm come in and find this guy <laughs> or Chuck Fletcher your guy and the fans want him out i think it's a pretty easy decision mm-hmm. see i don't think that chuck um i think most general managers may be in that position and may try to you know tweak that issue a little bit to try to make jvr more attractive to unload him. I think that Chuck is such a lamb as a general manager that he does not have the stones or the wherewithal or the fortitude to even think about telling a John Tortorella what to do or even hinting at it at all. That's how little faith I have in Chuck Fletcher. Ooh, that's a good point too. Uh, actually, okay. that's <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point too. Yeah. Chuck is not a very, you know, confrontational kind of guy. He'll, he'll, and certain, he'll just roll and certain, over on it. And certainly with Torts' personality mm-hmm. and what it can be, or it's certainly what it was in the past. I don't know. I don't know if it's if he's changed that much. Yeah, and a screaming match between Fletcher and Tortorella. I think, oh yeah. yeah. I think Tortorella oh, that would one. never. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Chuck wouldn't even he wouldn't even think it he wouldn't even he wouldn't even dip his toe in the water on that. No. Yeah, he's he'd it, shit his pants and hope the smell keeps Tortorella away. It's incapable. But you gotta think that you gotta think that JVR is gonna be benched yes. at least once a season. You would because hope, yeah. I mean, you go back to A.V., who is also a veteran coach that was in here, had JVR you know, even a couple of years ago when JVR was younger, and he benched him in the playoffs <laughs> and relegated him to fourth-line duty in the playoffs, both situations, multiple occasions. So, so why the hell if, did he bench him in the playoffs years ago and then played him every single fucking game for the next two years? I know. Yeah, it's that that's baffling to me. 
I don't know, maybe he felt like the locker room was getting lost or so. I have no idea, really. It's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How do you bench guy the playoffs? They like, go, oh, shit. I guess he's a first liner after that. I mean, again, though, that goes back to what we talked about earlier, where you sit there and you go, if you have a good rapport between the GM and the coach, the coach, and they're on the same page. That's when a good GM would sit there and go, okay, we know that JVR has had a good start to the season here, but you benched him in the playoffs. All that. Do you want this guy on your team? Because I could probably trade him right now. Yeah, exactly. You're but right, they Manny. They no. don't. No, let's nope. keep him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they probably let's... never even thought about it. No. And then when they need to get rid of him, they can't. Because it's too late. And everything, everybody knows the secret is out. Everybody, I think Anthony DeMarco's right. I think the GMs know who this guy is. But, oh, yeah. I think so, too. You know, he'll well, get he's you. He's been the same player for 15 years now. So. You know, he'll get you 20-something goals. 20 goals, 40 points. As long as he's healthy, that's what he's guaranteed for. But holy And And goals in the, in, in the least least pressure situations possible. Yeah, the least meaningful goals a player mm-hmm. can score. Least meaningful you'll ever see. Yep. I'm surprised there's not an analytic, like some sort of stat on that, on like meaningful goals or, you know, how close to tie games or like go ahead. There probably is something like that. I would assume somebody's oh. tracking something like that, but yeah. John I think he's one of the better like human beings off the ice in the team, but I sure. also don't fucking Agreed. trust him in a leadership role. There's something yeah. about him that just screams lazy. Like mm-hmm. it just the playing style, the the personality. There's something about that guy that I don't fucking trust, and it really annoys the shit out of me. Again, one of those reasons why I'm not happy he's back is like I don't want the kids learning from that guy. I don't Same. want Wade Allison and Ta- Owen Tippett and Noah Cates being like, "Ah, JVR is my hero." No, fuck that. You're doing something wrong if that's the case. Like, so I I respect for what he does off the ice, but man, like amongst the litany of reasons that this guy shouldn't fucking be here anymore, like. That leadership thing really is is annoying, yeah. especially at a time when you're still kind of in a young, developing team with no captain to go from here. You know, so, I don't know. J- JVR is a guy that I think is going to bear watching at the beginning of the season. Like, if, if you want as, as much of a train wreck as the season's going to be, he's a guy that I'm going to zero in on at the beginning of the season. Because if he starts off well and hot... And like he's got something to prove, that's one thing. But if he's going to be his, you know, average, streaky kind, (laughs) and he starts out slow and he's not really 100% ready, I think Torts is going to get on him. I think Torts is going to blast him and is going to make an example of him. And don't forget, if you're Tortorella, think of the political ramifications here. This is a guy that's not going to be here after this year anyway. You can totally make an example of Some that ran- guy. Oh yeah, there's and have absolutely no fear whatsoever that you're going to be doing any harm to your coaching position. You mm-hmm. can totally burn that bridge. Yep. As much as Torts says in interviews that like he has a- evolved as a coach, and I think that's for the better. At the same time, he does have an image he has to live up to as a head coach. Like he can't come in here and just be like Mister Softy and let He's the players a bit of a dictate. Yeah, so like he's got to come in here, and the Flyers are paying him to do some of the things that he's done in the past. He was in brought terms in to be hard-ass. John Tortorella. He yeah. was brought in to be yeah. the loud screaming guy that's going to mm-hmm. turn this shit upside down. So if there's no instances of him, you know, benching a veteran or you know getting into it with the media or something like that, then I think. Tortorella knows that he's got he's got to live up to his image. So he's got to do something along those lines, um, you know, to start off his tenure in year one, I think. So we we should see something in that vein. And from what Tortorella said, you know, uh, when he was hired this summer, he contacted all of the players in the offseason to basically warn them that they better be in shape when they come to his training camp. Um now I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of Instagram on these guys or what they're doing, but um, we will see. I I think they are underestimating him. I think the players, oh shit, we got John Tortorella now. Well, they've never had you know, anybody I better... like that. I mean, this is a comfortable group of players that haven't had shit, you know, held against him for years now. When was the last time they? I mean, Laviolette's been gone for a decade. 
You know, they, they haven't had a guy ho- truly hold their feet to the fire. The inmates have been running the asylum for years. You, they, the, these current players don't never had a, a John Tortorella come in and rip them a new asshole. So I hope we get the full torts experience when it comes to that 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 respect. And, and he just comes in and does his thing and starts weeding these fuckers out. Because that, that, I hope, more than anything. Like, this is a lost season already. We already know that. But, like, I hope the weeding out process actually happens and whether it's you know Fletcher or next GM that ultimately makes the moves and the final decisions like I hope like you know if Travis Connecting comes in and just doesn't mesh like it's time for this fucker to go however that happens more power to you but like it's time to start weeding out some of these guys and at least in that respect that is one position where I do trust John Tortorella to uh to make that determination Yeah, I think TK is is another guy that's going to have a lot of issues with Tortorella because, you know, Travis Konechny his is supposed to be like a Brad Marchand light, so to speak. Um, yeah. Of course, he's he's nowhere near that, but that's what kind of his ceiling is supposed to be. Uh, but you do see Konechny at times, you know, have versions of that, but at, at other times. You see him taking plays off. You see him not getting back properly at a position, ignoring assignments, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and I think he does that to an extent that would really, really piss off a coach like John Tortorella. Yeah, I would agree. And that's where I think even if TK is trying his, his best and, you know, trying to please the coach and do what he's told, it's just in his instinct. I mean, see, he's been in the NHL for six years. Yep. We've seen enough of him to understand what he is as a player. Um, he's not, you know, a first or second year player that can still be molded at this point. Um, so he is going to have problems in addition to James Van Listen, I am, I am no fan of Travis connecting. That's well documented, but I, when I wrote, I put a piece out a few weeks ago about looking at which players are more than likely to succeed and more than likely fail under Tortorella. And I put, I put connecting the not sure category. I don't remember what they officially titled it, but cause I'm, I, it feels like a guy who, if we get, 1920 version of Konechny and he's playing with some level of consistency and the offense is there and he can figure his shit out like he may be a favorite of Tortorella but if we get the previous few years of Konechny where the offense isn't coming he's lazy he's not doing it out he's just making mistakes left and right like again feels like one of those guys is gonna you know get himself a new asshole ripped open so it'll be interesting to see maybe I I, I could see Tortorella bringing the best out of him but I could easily see it being you know too much fire for him to to take so It'll be interesting to see, like, uh, you know, what we ultimately get out of him. But I'm not hoping for the best. That's that's for goddamn sure. I think in terms of the pecking order, I think the guy that is going to get leaned on a lot is Cam Atkinson. Because there's a history. He's a there. liaison there between this current team and Tortorella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, 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 that's what I, and that's what I mean. I think, I think there's a trust there. And I think Cam knows what to expect. And he's going to give Torts exactly what he wants because he did it in Columbus already. There's going to be no surprises there. Now, can Konechny live up to that and be exceed that? Or is Tortorella going to say, Atkinson's my guy? Where would Atkinson play? Do you think he's playing on Couturier's wing or on Hayes' wing? Probably Hayes, if I had to guess. I would assume Konechny's starting the season with Couturier. So you're saying that he's going to be a second liner? For the time being. I think he and he and Hayes are probably strapped at the hip. Uh, It'll get guess. shuffled in a week, probably. I no, mean, he may true. start. I think yeah. the top six. Well, top six is all relatively interchangeable. Top twelve are all interchangeable, to be totally honest. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I would assume, if I had to guess right now, it's JVR Couturier connecting on the top line, uh, Lawton Hayes, Atkinson God, on the second God, line. Lawton on a second line. Jesus Christ. I don't think JVR yeah. lasts a fucking period on that first line. I would hope not, but I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think he even lasts the fucking. Who the hell? Who else is he gonna put up there? Unless Noah Cates really knocks everyone's socks off in training camp, I don't think they're gonna give him the baton out of the gate. Lawton certainly isn't playing on the top line. You don't. You know, Farabee's hurt. You don't have unless they give like unless they let Forster make the team and then move somebody over to the left side and force you know connecting on his off wing or something, but. It, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out because you've got so many fucking right wingers on this team that somebody's going to have to play on the left side sooner or later if they all make the roster, especially if Forrester shows up. Forrester, Allison, you know, somebody's going to have to move over there. So, 
what's your estimate on Farabee's timeline here? I think it it sounds kind of variable. I believe the original thing would have put him in like mid October. And then the report sounded like it wasn't going to be till later, like Thanksgiving-ish. Mm-hmm. But he's practicing right now. He's there. Yeah, he's I think he's back he's on doing the ice. Thing. So I don't think we see him immediately, but I don't know if he's going to be gone quite as long as that timeline seems to be. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him maybe around Halloween or something like that. I assume mm-hmm. he's got a phantom stint uh, coming his way, even when he is cleared, probably just to get his legs under him because he's going to miss training camp. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if we're talking you know thanksgiving or christmas anymore i think we're more talking halloween to thanksgiving yeah that'll be a huge boost for the team to get him back <clears throat> and then he even will Farabee, i'm like not totally excited for and it's not nothing and it, it's not even necessarily oh, yeah. Farabee himself it's like here's a guy who's got a little bit of talent that you absolutely refuse to give him any partners to work with and like yeah. he's one of the guys that i think really would have benefited from johnny gaudreau you know, having somebody that could actually dish him the puck and produce a little bit of offense like that. Fuck, I wish we had something like that. But no, Farabee's going to be out there again all by himself with no talent to work with. He's going to be able to carry the corpse of Sean Couturier around all season long, that poor bastard. So I hope he's got it. But, man, I just I wish they would do something for this guy because he's the one, like, gleam of hope they actually have in this roster that could be something that they just continue to fail to insulate. I'm glad that you mentioned it first because <laughs> – in a way, I'm kind of losing my luster with, uh, with Joel Farabee. Oh, the bloom is off the rose with me for this guy, for sure. Like, it starts well. The effort's there. There's no question about it. He's still a little He's too streaky raw. and inconse- inconsistent. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he gets and he misses games here and there. And I think that it's a classic case of this fan base hyped Joel Farabee up to be something. And especially since it was always between him and Frost, right? Like I was of the opinion that, you know, Frost was going to be the better player of the two. I was wrong. But I'm starting to think that the fans kind of overhyped Joel Farabee a little bit. Like people were talking about him like he's untouchable in any trade. And I don't see that at all. No. I think I think he's, don't get me wrong. He's a he's a good player. I think he's one of the last people on this team I would trade, but by no means is he untouchable. Right, and mm-hmm. a, and a part of it is it's who he's playing with. Yep. I think if you surrounded him with better guys, that's when you would really get to see who this player actually is. Mm-hmm. And right now, but it's just like, eh, right now where we're at and the foreseeable future is Joel Farabee really that indispensable, regardless of how young of an age he is. Nope. I don't know, man. I think that you can probably get something else. And it's, it hurts me to say that because he is a good player. I do like him, but I think that he's, he was overhyped and people were expecting him to be. Are you telling me a Flyers prospect was (laughs) overhyped and then didn't pan out to what he was supposed to be, Manny? Well, what's his, what's his uh, lead in goals? He's never hit 30, has he? He hit 20 no. in uh, last year, not this, the 90, uh, 20, uh, pandemic year, whatever the hell that was. He had 20 See, goals like, that year. Is he a 30-goal guy? Certainly not on this roster. If he was not playing roster, with talent then. on a top line, he, I think he could hit 30 goals if he was healthy. But okay, put, not put him on Ottawa. Roster. Put him on Ottawa. Is he a 30-goal guy? Yeah. With that forward group? Maybe. Yeah, like... If not, it's close. Twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah, it close. Would be close. Yeah, yeah. You know, but on the Flyers, he ain't no. sniffing thirty. He's no, he, <laughs> he's not a de facto first line player. Like, okay, you know, he can slot in at you know first line left wing on, you know, f- fifteen to twenty of the teams in the league. No, absolutely not. And that's what people expect him to be, because people are desperate. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to be embarrassed because the team's embarrassing. <laughs> People show up to the Wells Fargo Center thinking that they're going to be entertained by an awesome Flyers team, and then they end up getting depressed, and they go for $10 handies in the back of the Wells Fargo <laughs> parking lot H of the yeah. Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> It'd be interesting Sad, to see. depressing state of affairs. I'm looking forward to seeing um, how Morgan Frost responds to torts, too. I know we've hit that a little bit earlier There's in the summer one that as well. I feel like is going to be... Uh... 
eaten alive by this guy. <laughs> yeah. I think so, if, too. Because you have to have, I feel like with John Tortorella, you have to have confidence in yourself, and you kind of have to be able to at least march to the beat of your own drum, so to speak. And I just think Morgan Frost is just a confused individual. He doesn't he doesn't know what position he's supposed to play. He doesn't know how he fits in. Doesn't really know how to play in the NHL yet. He's had a lot of injuries. There's too much, there's too much struggle to his game. He's mm-hmm. just not a complete enough player. He's got if you just let him play offense, if he was playing with Giroux and, and Goudreau on the top line, I'm sure he fucking would look great because he can be a good playmaker. That's the one thing he's got going for him. But now he's 3C. Like, he can play a two-way game. He definitely brushed up on that last year and was fine, but he can't do both. He doesn't have the ability to be a good playmaker and be a good two-way guy. He's either going to focus on offense and be a complete liability in his own zone, or he's going to play solid defense, at least, you know, reasonable enough, but he's going to be so focused on that that he's not going to produce offense. Like, that seems to be what we've gotten out of Frost thus far last season, and, you know, I've never been a big fan of this guy, but yeah, he seems like a, a maybe for the prime young guy to uh, get the, the wrath of John Tortorella if he's not fine, especially as a center. You know, if he's not playing his responsibility from a two-way perspective at 3C, like... It could be uh, it could be pretty ugly at that point, especially if Lazinski's playing well in the fourth line. Maybe he gets promoted and, and Frost gets dumped. Like, there's a reason they only signed him for one year because it's it's a prove it deal. I think they realize that uh, he's not come as advertised, and they don't want to. Well, <laughs> they don't want to commit themselves to him long term, but they want to commit themselves to everybody long term. So I don't know what the fuck their goal is there. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Frost handles Tortorella because this one could. Uh, this one's probably the prime example on the team where I could see it going real bad. If if and I expect that he's going to get into it with John Tortorella as well. I think Torts is going to be not happy with, at certain points with Frost. Do you foresee people still defending him? Absolutely. Or do you think that this is the year that you know what? I'm sorry. There's no more. There is no more of this. Everybody develops at a different time and all this. Like, sorry, the guy's 23, going to be what 24. I believe so, yeah. Like, come on. Like, you got to be an NHL player now. You would I'm, think. I'm, I'm sick of this argument of it, it's not linear and some guys need a lot more. Yeah, some guys need more time, but that's, that's, guys that are first for line, so many. guys for the most part that are real first line talents, they're in the NHL within a year or two. Yeah. And uh, yes, there's the Kaprizovs, and there's these other guys that, for whatever reason... Those are other circumstances. Then. Yes, completely other circumstances, right? But, yeah, this guy should have already been a mainstay Will on people turn on Morgan Frost? Probably not, because they don't fucking turn on anybody on this stupid team. They still think Travis Konechny's developing at 26 years old. So uh, I have a feeling Frost will still have his fan club, but... Uh, from a from an internal perspective, if he flounders this year, there's absolutely no way you can count on him at all moving forward. And I haven't even seen. I think I remember like one dynamic offensive play that Morgan Frost had sometime at the end of last year. But I still he had don't one even really think... cool play with Giroux before he got traded. Yeah, <laughs> and then he got traded and looked like a fucking sad little puppy again. I still don't even think that Morgan Frost really understands how to play offense in this league much. I mean, he's he's not doing – I didn't see much of anything. I saw him just be mostly ineffective in all fa- in all phases of the game yeah. through the majority of last year. Obviously, I think you know he, he apparently has offensive talent. I think he probably does, but I don't know if it's effective at the NHL level. There's not enough time and space for him. And he hasn't figured out how to create that on his own or he get really that. He didn't in some even way. do a whole lot offensively from the Phantoms. Mm-hmm. Like, he had moments where he was dazzling. He definitely had a few highlight reel moves down there, but he wasn't doing it on a consistent enough basis. He was yeah, never like Zegras or something. Yeah, he was never a point per game guy with the Phantoms for the few years he was down there. He had his moments where he did cool things because he does have that ability, but he just doesn't have that ability at the professional level to be a mm-hmm. true guy to hang here. Yeah, it's, and he's certainly not going to really be able to do that under torts right now, unless I guess it's possible. Anything's on the table, especially in year one. Uh, but I don't barring, you know, unforeseen circumstances and him really picking his game up. 
I don't see him doing much at all under John Tortorello, but probably just struggling. <laughs> it sounds kind of bleak, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see a way where this relationship works well at all. You know, Frost is going to have to play the best hockey of his whole fucking career if he wants to stand a chance working under Tortorella here. And, you know, I think Lazinski can be just as good, if not better, from a two-way perspective as Frost. Like, if Frost struggles, like, I would not be surprised at all yeah. if Lazinski gets the call to, to move up here. So, What about Patrick Brown? <laughs> who, who, why, why is Patrick Brown regarded as this indispensable fourth line player like he was the fifth center last year wasn't he and he was hurt for half the season like where the fuck did Patrick Brown come from here (laughs) he was a standout guy in the AHL a few years ago and then got the recall and was the Vegas 13th forward for a while and now he was for some reason in the Flyers lineup every single night last year because they got him on waivers and and for some reason they 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 loved them some Patrick Brown yeah, so he just appeared out of nowhere, and now he's this stalwart on the fourth line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't forget Hayden Hodgson, guys. God, sign that guy. Did you hear Fletcher's comments on that kid? He's like, yeah. I didn't even know he existed until October. I'm like, oh, great. Way to keep your organization wow. in tip-top shape there, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to rush out to sign him. It's just... <laughs> Well, yes, because he went from the ECHL to the AHL, so yeah, showed progression. He had a he ton of Hodge. goals with the Phantoms, but I don't remember a single one of them, which is which is weird that he produced at the level on a relatively anemic offensive squad, and I don't really remember him being that kind of contributor. So I don't I don't know if he's his second year of the contract is a one way. Not that it matters much when it's uh, you know as little money as he's making, but. That typically means that they expect him to be NHL ready in two years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, another another bottom six uh, I player. Guess. Yeah, right here. Great. <laughs> Buy your season tickets for Hayden Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. 